interesting. How's it going, everybody? This is Jack Crum, and this is the Snail Shell Podcast. My first two guests here are Mr. Bryce Baumgart. Bryce, say hi. Yeah, Aquatic Warfare was robbed. And then we have over on my right side, Mr. Dylan Brown. Dylan, how are you doing? Pretty good, Jack. How are you doing? I'm good, and you know we're just gonna kick this off straight up. We got. Um, I was thinking we start out with some NBA draft news, boys. Um, the NBA draft tomorrow. And if you didn't hear the rumors, we heard that Zion could be going second overall. I I doubt that Zion will be going second overall, but um, I think that John ja Morant will go second overall. I think Zion's pretty much a lock to go first overall to New Orleans. And Dylan, what are your thoughts on Mr. Zion Williamson? Well, Zion's probably the best college prospect that we've seen in probably this past decade. We'll don't forget about uh, Dirk Davitsky there over there. He was pretty good too. That's why I said this past decade. I think Dylan, I think that you're right about Zion being one of the best, but I think I mean I look back last ten years, he's probably the most athletically gifted, but I don't know if he's the best polished prospect that we've seen. I don't know if his jumper's quite there. Well, his jumper's not there, but that man's just an athletic freak. I mean, he can jump over seven foot two guys. He can rebound. He's the best he rebounder. He can jump in the class. over six foot two. Cassius Winston, though. Well, the thing is, he does play some pretty good basketball, but he's only as good as the ball can get him. And then, obviously, uh, second overall, it's pretty much decided that John Morant is going to end up going to Memphis. Um, they're actually kind of building something. They just did a trade, traded away Mike Conley to the Jazz. They got two more first-round picks along with Grayson Allen, and I'm pretty sure they got a couple other guys in that deal. Um, but, you know, he'll probably go there and be a centerpiece for them. And then third overall, you're going to have probably R.J. Uh, Barrett from Duke as well going to the so Knicks. So you got two Duke players in the top three. That is true, yeah. You got, uh, you got Coach K uh, coaching them up over there and getting those guys ready for the NBA. Um, but Dylan, let me ask you a question. Out of those three guys, fast forward five years, who is going to be the one that stands out when you look at this draft? I honestly think it's going to be John Moran. So your Grizzlies over there. In this era of space and pace and the three-point shooting, I think John Moran fits that system the best. Sure, Grizzlies. Zion, RJ Barrett, they're not the greatest three-point shooters, um, but John Moran, he can shoot it lights out. And I, I, I still don't understand why in today's era of where it's just you chuck up three-pointers and try to make as many as you can that we're still drafting centers and power forwards first overall over point guards and shooting guards and small forwards that can light it up from three. When you look at last year, DeAndre Ayton, that dude's, I'm sorry, but he's just, I don't think that he, if he was in this year's draft, he he does not crack the top three. No, and he might not even crack the top five. Look at the two best from that draft. Trey Young, Luka Doncic. Two, three and two five. shooters, two yeah. Two shooters, two guards. I mean, yeah, pretty much cold-blooded there. I think that, uh, honestly, I think, um, obviously Zion is going to be solid, but I question his shot-making ability. I think R.J. Barrett is going to surprise a lot of people. He was the number one prospect coming out of high school, and I feel as if um, he's going into a right situation with the Knicks, where the Knicks will really just kind of build around him. And I think that he could surprise some people just with that pure uh, basketball ability that he has. Well, if you look at the Lakers now, they have two players, nothing else. Not a thing. Well, oh, that is like true. Two top five players in the NBA, like, and they're don't need they're much looking more than that. they're looking to add a third too. Yeah. They basically um, Kawhi. I'm, Kawhi won't go there. Honestly, if 
with Chris just Paul. having LeBron and AD, all you need is just to surround them with shooters. Which is I, why I don't understand why they're trying to trade away Mo Wagner, who's a great. They're trying to trade shooter. away all. Yeah, their, they're trying to trade away all their contracts. They yeah. want Cliff. You mean Clay? Cliff Paul. <laughs> I, I think Chris Paul, I, where there's smoke, there's fire. I know that that was kind of debunked, that thing on Instagram, but I feel like I feel like it's going to be a very interesting offseason. And if he is to be traded away, the Lakers are kind of a prime destination given him and LeBron's friendship. Yeah, I mean, they do need a point guard really badly out in L.A. with the Lakers. But yeah. I don't know if they have enough money to take on his $40 million a year. It'll also be interesting if L.A. can win the finals and take down the Warriors and the and the Raptors, um, building around just two superstars. So, I mean, it is a team game. So if they can add a third, I'll feel a little bit better about it. But they're still going to have two spots where they're going to have, like, basically two JaVale McGee's just sitting there. And, you know, I mean, you can have two tens, but the rest of them are going to be just threes. Now let's talk about your boy Matthew Stafford playing through the back injury. Was it legit? Oh yeah, it was legit. I mean, there's been so many numerous reports about Matthew Stafford playing through the back fractures that I don't think there's any question to its legitimacy. I mean, yeah, and you look at Matthew Stafford's past, and he has had multiple injuries in prior seasons that he's played through, which a lot of guys would not have been able to play through. And it also kind of explains why he regressed a lot last year as far as playing goes, is when you consider that the offense was changing around him, you know, the back fractures, all that kind of stuff, it explains why he didn't put up his usual numbers and why some people wanted to run him out of town. Well, don't forget Philip Rivers played on the torn ACL. And what, what year was that, like 2008? Yeah. Right? Against New England? Well, Bryce, that also just was one game, like... This is Matthew Stafford's been doing weeks. it. Yeah. Who's the guy that played on a broken leg too? Oh, Jack Young. Well, that dude's bad, man. That dude was in like the seventies. Yeah. He was jack shit crazy. Um, but yeah, no, Matthew Stafford. He goes through things. I mean, I I think if I had to guess what game he got injured in, um, I'm pretty sure that that Minnesota game banged him up a little bit, and then after that, that just kind of allowed him to Denver. get injured easily. Um, but yeah, no, I mean. You look at that, there's a lot of guys such as, you know, just off the top of my head, Dak Prescott, Aaron Rodgers, that wouldn't have been able to play through that. Um, but Matthew Stafford, and obviously there is still a couple more tough quarterbacks in the NFL. Who else comes to mind? Stafford, Rivers, uh, Brady is a tough think quarterback. About, um, uh, Josh Rosen. But. Yeah, Josh Rosen's pretty tough. I'll, I'll give him that. No, he's but, not a very good quarterback, but yeah, he, I mean, we'll give him that he's tough. But this injury has to bring up the question, why in the hell was he playing for the last four weeks? I mean, we were out of playoff contention. He has a broken back. We're not playing for anything. Why well, the hell are you playing your star player against Buffalo? I think that the reason why he was he was playing those last couple weeks is I think it's a mixture of Matt Patricia's Patriot way, kind of like toughness and grind. And it was Maybe also him. Anybody else? It was him hiding the severity of his injury to trainers and the other kind of stuff like that, and it's just coming out now because he's kind of let it come out. In previous seasons, he's you know, his, when his finger two years ago was all messed up, he kind of hid that a little bit and the severity of that, and then we heard about that that off season. But you know, this isn't unusual for Matthew Stafford yeah. to kind of um, censor these type of injuries. I mean, I guess, but... I would agree with that. 
Okay. Um, looking forward here. Let's let's bounce it back to NBA news. The Pelicans. Um, we'll, we'll talk about the Pelicans again just because they've made a lot of moves this season. They traded away AD. They're going to draft Zion. I th- I think they have probably one of the brightest futures in the NBA right now as far as young talent goes. That is true. And meanwhile, their town rival, the Saints, have a down future as the <laughs> Drew Brees is going to retire very soon. All right, let's get back to the Pelicans. I mean, in that trade, they only got one player that was really worth a damn, and that's Lonzo Ball, who's going to be... A one-two punch with uh, Zion for the ages. Just throwing up lobs all day. I wouldn't sleep on Brandon Ingram. Brandon Ingram, I think he's going to flourish outside of L.A. He needed a change of scenery very, very badly. I hope you're right, but we've been talking about that dude for the past, like, what, two or three years, saying every year that he's going to be a stud this year, and... Well, he comes out. He compared compared basically to Kevin Durant coming out of the draft, you know, a couple years ago. Kevin out of the draft. The comparison to Kevin Durant is freshman phenomenon from the from the high school of Lincoln, Ypsilanti Lincoln, Imani Bates. He is the Kevin Durant of the future. Well, I think he has a possibility to be better than Kevin Durant if you look at just how dominant he is as a freshman. Um, he's probably going to be, you know, Fast forward three years, he's going to be the first of a new generation of high schoolers to come straight out of high school oh, into the NBA when the new rules change. Um, but yeah, no, I've seen filming you know, him playing against Bronny James and stuff like that. And yeah, Bryce, he's pretty good. He's pretty good. They got a good thing going out there in uh, Ipsy. But yeah, we'll see where he is in three years, and hopefully, you know, nothing happens and he can continue to dominate. I mean, anytime you win. Mr. Basketball, as a freshman, you're doing something right. Well, yeah, I mean, and the people that he was dominating is, you know, all upperclassmen and people that have, you know, turned heads themselves, and what he's done has just been absolutely dominant through that. So then, moving on here, uh, Dylan, we'll move to your sport, uh, baseball. Give us a little Tigers outlook. I know not many people are interested in them right now. They're only winning about... 37% 37% of their games. They're 26 and 43. What a downfall they've had. But um, just, I mean, is there anything to really look forward to in the future? I mean, I mean, our rotation in five years is going to be absolutely filthy with Casey Mize, Matt Manning, uh, Franklin Perez, Alex Fajardo, if he keeps pitching like he has been for the last month, and uh, Matt Boyd, we're probably going to trade him away, but. You never know. Bring back probably Preston. this season. Yeah, this season, Matt Boyd's probably gone. But other than that, there's what? not really much to look forward to. I mean, Riley Green, he's going to be a stud. We've got a few hitting prospects in the minors, but there's really nothing to look forward to on the major league level. In, in your humble opinion, out of all those pitchers that you named, which one will most likely be brought up first and then second? I'd have to say Boyd. Well, Boyd's well, already brought already up. There. Um... I mean, Casey Mize has been on a fast track, but he recently did get injured, so they're probably going to slow it down with him. It's going to be a toss-up between him and Matt Manning because both of those guys are top 10 pitchers in the minors. Uh, Matt Manning is striking out, I think, about 10 per nine. Casey Mize is a little bit less of a strikeout per nine. I think he's at around seven, but he gets a ton of weak contact. Might be time for Guardy to go. No, it's not Guardy. It's... 
It's not Gardy's fault. Yeah, the Alavila GM. If anyone has to go, it should be Alavila. But I mean, I see what he's trying to do. But no, but people keep trying to say that he's a good GM because he's bringing up like he's got some good talent in the minors. I mean, he's drafted okay. But I mean, but it's easy to draft well in the MLB when you know you have a top yeah, five pick know, for you know four years straight. People shouldn't overlook the fact of us having a pretty good farm system over the shit show that is the Detroit Tigers and, and a the lot talent at the major league level. And a lot of the complaints that I've seen as far as the Tigers go is um, and Al Avila is that he's not drafted many um, positions outside of, like, pitchers and stuff like that. Like, yeah. you know, we don't really have a super, you know, really great third baseman, second baseman. I mean, it's mostly just pitchers and outfielders at this point. And do you mm-hmm. kind of understand what they're trying to do here? Oh, I mean, obviously I, those are important. He's trying to win through the rotation. I mean, he's trying to, he's trying to give up the least amount of runs in the MLB. Like, I completely respect that. And he's drafting a ton of defensive-minded catchers that know how to call baseball games so that they're going to the catchers are going to have a great understanding of what the hitters like to hit and what they don't like to hit so that they can call it for the pitchers so that makes it a lot easier for the pitchers and they're drafting a ton of good pitchers but you can't overlook the fact that they've drafted one hitter in the first round in the past 5 years yeah like, that's true that is not that good. was this year wasn't it it was this year it was yeah. the outfielder Riley Green yeah, yeah straight out of high school which a lot of people were complaining about that too um so moving on from baseball we'll go to another sport bryce give us your college football predictions give us your uh playoff give us a wild one and then give us a uh a normal type one it'll start with the normal one which i believe can happen but it may not okay and the number one in the country will be the clemson tigers they won't well, be losing that's a game. they won't even put up a stinking uh, fourth quarter starters in the game. No, none of that. What's crazy to me about Clemson is that Trevor Lawrence has still got two years of eligibility. So even after this season, he's going to be back for another one, given the NCAA rule of, uh, you know, th- you have to be three years out of high school. So, I mean, he's bound to win a Heisman at some point there. So I agree with you as Clemson. They're going to be a powerhouse for at least the next couple of years. Number two in the country the Buckeyes of Ohio State, as they will go with the new head coach, Ryan Day, undefeated into the playoff at number two. Oh, in let, the let me cut you off right there, Bryce. Ryan Kendall lookalike uh, Day, is he's not going to be a good head coach for the Buckeyes. That is where I put my foot down. And then you got Justin Fields, who basically ran away with all this stuff from Georgia because he couldn't beat out Jake Fromm. I yeah. mean, he's, people, uh, Ohio State is drastically overrated. People keep saying that Justin Fields threw 126 yards and a touchdown in the spring game, but he went 4 for 13, and he had a 90-yard touchdown yeah. pass. Number so three, take away that. Breakaway touchdown. Take away that. That's take what, number like, three four in the country. 13 yards. Yeah. This is the team I'm selling everybody to look out for during the season. The Texas A&M Aggies, oh, number God. three no. in the country. That's, that's where I'm going to cut Kellen you off again. Mond, and they're going to be good this year. Jimbo Fisher has finally got his team all situated. They will beat Alabama. They will beat Georgia. They will have one loss on their schedule. They will make the playoff third overall. Jim- and fourth overall, you'll have the Texas Longhorns. Jimbo, well, where's Alabama in this situation? Yeah. There are two losses. No. Two losses? So no. To uh, Auburn and uh, Texas no. Listen, 
First of all, Alabama's definitely making it. Yeah. Alabama is closing on another first, you know, recruiting class, and they're still feeding off of a couple of years ago when they had multiple they number one recruiting A&M. classes. Two, a- Jimbo Fisher at A&M is going to get absolutely swallowed. All of his success came at, at the defense of the ACC when Clemson was doing absolutely nothing. I mean, he basically lived in the best era to coach in in the ACC when there was no other competition. And then he bailed when Clemson started to get on the up and up. I mean, well, he's going to get guys. absolutely swallowed. And who is your fourth team? Texas. Okay, Texas. yeah. See, that's that's we're another one. Back. Yeah, we're back. No, you're not. Have- you're going to lose three games. You're going to lose to Oklahoma. You're going to drop another one somewhere in the Big 12. Maybe it's Les Miles in Kansas. Hell, we don't know. And uh, then West the third Virginia. one, yeah. Someone like that. I mean, they'd be lucky if they'll make a, a New Year's Six Bowl, Bryce. Who are your first two out? First two teams out is Northwestern. <laughs> and No. No. Northwestern and uh, Georgia. Well, Dylan, grab the Febreze because I smell straight bullshit up in this room. Um, first of all, my crazy playoff. That that wasn't your crazy playoff. <laughs> okay, first first of all, first of all, who who is the sixth team? Who is number six? Georgia. Okay, see that's reasonable. So you think Northwestern is going to be better than Georgia? Yeah. But Northwestern is going to be lucky to make a bowl this year. Pat Fitzgerald's a good head coach, but the the Big Ten is going to be competitive the, they again. Will lose the Big Ten championship. Michigan State is going to be back. State. Michigan's going to be normal. Ohio State will be there. Wisconsin will be there. So looking at that, just right off the bat, they're the fifth team in the in the Big Ten, assuming Penn they have State. a good year. You also Penn, Penn State better. and Nebraska that you Purdue. can't forget about. Nebraska. Purdue, who was really good last year. So right now we're talking about them being a possible nine or ten seed. So how do you? Northwestern. 12-1. You think they're going undefeated in the regular season? What's what's Michigan's record? Here's your schedule for Michigan. Because the, uh, there's already two losses straight up. You one to Ohio State, two. one to Michigan Northwestern in your scenario. They do not play Northwestern this year. Oh, my bad. <laughs> and they do not, oh, Northwestern does not play Ohio State either. Actually, they do, and they will win that. They will. You are batshit crazy. Hold you up. just said Ohio State was going to be number two. Wait a minute. That will... Northwestern will win that game, so flip Ohio State and A&M. Okay, all right. All right. <laughs> just go to your crazy one. Let's just get out of this segment. The crazy one. Going. This team will, number one, Alabama. Number two, Clemson. Three. So Alabama makes it your crazy Army. one? Undefeated. <laughs> they will beat Michigan in the big house. An two. undefeated when Army. When it happens, I will hear all the fans complain. <laughs> Every single year, people are like, oh, Michigan, this is going to be a tough game. It's always this around week three or four. This is where people start. It. Not Cincinnati. We can, not Cincinnati. This ain't Cincinnati. This so which, which one of Army's a million uh, running backs is going to beat us on the ground? All of them. Okay. I, there's just, there's, I, yeah. I don't even want to hear what your four, fourth team is. You got to go with. Uh, let me guess. Let me guess. It's Boise State. It is a team out west. Jesus. Arizona State. Her Edwards oh. and the boys <laughs> get into the playoff. Okay, let's well, just... That's more realistic than the Army. Let's just Jesus forget that. Christ, Dylan, man. give us your uh, just top four, just straight up. Who you got making it? Well, you already know Clemson, Alabama is going to be two. Number one and two. Well, who is it? Gators. Clemson, Alabama? Clemson's going to be one, Alabama's going to be two. Okay. You know, I... 
this is going to be very biased, but I really think Michigan's going to pull it off this year. I think this is the year that Jim Harbaugh finally gives up the offense to Josh Gaddis, and they finally utilize their three superstar receivers that they have. In okay. Donovan Peoples-Jones, Nico Collins, Tariq Black. They have a really good up-and-coming freshman receiver in Mike Sainer is still... Don Brown knows how to get that defense going with um, whatever Brandon Watson. With him <laughs> gone, that dude sucked. He got torched for at least forty-five points against Ohio State. I mean, uh, Rashawn Gary, he looks like a big loss, but he has, he had no production at Michigan. Like Josh Uche was so much better while Rashawn Gary was gone. Devin Bush, that's a big hole to follow, uh, to fill. We, okay. Michigan can just plug and chug in their defense. Their offensive line is really good. Their running back, running back's a bit of a question. Pilot, the pilot. No. Drew Wilson. And then Oklahoma. Oklahoma, I'd say that's four. fair. Although I think Jalen Hurts is a little bit overrated coming into this season. People forget they're overstruck by nostalgia about that wonderful Alabama Georgia yeah. game, and they kind of forget that he can't throw a football to save his life. You look at last year. And Kyler Murray was fun for him, sure, but a lot of their Maryland. offense in Do Lincoln not sleep on Maryland on Lincoln Riley is designed around you know deep passes, and I don't yeah. think Jalen will be able to. Well, Jalen Hurts had an outstanding freshman year. Oh yeah, outstanding. He's freshman a runner. Year. So if he can bring that back up, like because he was a really good passer, and then he too. he kind he kind of fell off yeah. there at the end. Yeah, I'll give you my playoff straight up. We got one Alabama, two Clemson. Three Georgia. I think Georgia is not going to win the SEC, Two but SEC I think that they'll teams. get in again. I think they'll be an undefeated wow. Alabama and Georgia. And if history's told us anything, it's that the committee just absolutely adores the SEC. Yeah. And then the last team in. This Four is going to come as a little bit of a shock. I think the Big Ten misses out again. Don't say Oregon. And I think the Oregon Ducks. Oh. No. Are going to make the playoffs as the four oh, seed. They have a returning quarterback. They got a really good defense coming back. I think that it's going to be electric up there, and I think that they're going to be the fourth team out. I think after that, the f- number five will be Ohio State yet again. And then after that, it's basically a toss-up. But you look at the Pac-12, and tell me, there isn't really much competition out there. They're losing week one to Auburn. Okay, see, Auburn is just not even in the discussion. They will lose to is, Auburn. Is Cam Newton coming back? They will lose to Auburn. Okay. Yeah, no, they're not. Yes, they will. Dylan, who do you have winning that week one? I gotta say Oregon. Oregon, Oregon thank you. Much better. I'm picking Auburn. Not for a second there, you can say. Alright, so then uh, Dylan will give you another little segment here. Give us a little rundown on Michigan baseball because frankly, uh, the College World Series is just damn confusing. So <laughs> give, us, give us a little explanation of that because I thought they won it like three days ago. I thought they won the entire stinking thing, but... Wait, wait. So, like, just the entire... Like, I, I, that's oh, what I thought. Works. Okay. Explain it. So, in the first round, there's 64 teams, and they get divided up into four little regionals. Okay. So, Michigan played in the Corvallis Regional with Oregon State. Michigan was the three seed. So, they played the two seed in the first game, and then the one seed, Oregon State, played the four seed, Cincinnati. But, since Cincinnati upset Oregon State, and Michigan beat Creighton, Michigan got to play um, Cincinnati. So, that was... Mo- much better result. Central was in there too. Central was in there. Fire up chips. Central beat Miami. Team. Um, and then Vanderbilt. Since won. Michigan beat uh, Cincinnati, they got to play um, 
the winner of Cincinnati and Creighton, and Creighton won that. And then Michigan beat Creighton after losing to them the second time they played. Michigan beat Creighton the third time they played to advance to the Super Regionals, which is the top 16 teams. So then the top 16 teams, they get put into like a Super Regional of two. So Michigan played UCLA in their Super. Uh, Michigan won that. They won uh, game one and three. Uh, drop game two, unfortunately, but they won it. So then if you win the Super Regional, you go on to the College World Series, and the College World Series is almost exactly, it's pretty much exactly the same as the Regional, where they get divided into one bracket of four and another bracket of four. Yeah. And since Michigan's won their first two games, if they win again on Friday, they will make it to the College World Series, which is a best-of-three series against the winner of the other bracket, which will probably be Vanderbilt. Is Vanderbilt, like, in the powerhouse? Yeah, Vanderbilt's a power. Are they okay? Mm -hmm. But I don't. Michigan has been playing out of their mind, which like, is kind of unusual because traditionally Michigan hasn't been like like they, they've been decent, but like they haven't been like no. I mean, like a powerhouse no in North college schools. baseball. Yeah. yeah, no schools up north. It's kind of South supremacy as yeah. far as that goes. Bryce, you got any thoughts on college baseball? I just have to say that Auburn was robbed in basketball, and uh, everybody should know that. Okay. That's wonderful, um, Bryce. So moving on to the last topic on our sheet here, we got a um, little bit of an NFL chat. We've kind of steered clear a little bit of that so far today, so we'll kind of just pop that in all at once. Um, we'll start out, when it's all said and done, Bryce, give us some of your award uh, predictions as far as the MVP, Offensive Player, Rookie of the Year. I think your most valuable player for this season will be Randall Cobb. I think you'll be the first ever wide receiver to win the MVP award. Are you out of your mind? All right, Bryce, you're fired. Dylan, who you got? <laughs> uh, MVP this year. I'm feeling a little dangerous. Baker oh Mayfield. Oh, my God. Baker Mayfield in oh year two of the system. God. OBJ, Jarvis Landry, Nick Chubb, Kareem Hunt coming to town. They have a solid offensive line. Six and ten. You want a hot they take? A yeah, I'm, I'm going to say seven and nine. They don't, seven and They nine. will not even get past the 500 marker. Odell will be much more of a distraction than he will a help. There's too many personalities in that room, and Freddie Kitchens, the big old uh, head coach, he will not be able to control all of them. So I say pull the chain and put that dog back in the doghouse. They are I hear overrated. that Oakland is looking good right now. Shut up, Bryce. Oakland is the same case scenario um, with a lot of divas, but you know what? Ten and six. You are out of your and mind. In the Ten and six. You are out of your mind. Listen, John Gruden is a madman, but he knows what he's doing. I'm telling you, Oakland, 10 and 6. Don't be surprised. Here's another shocker. KC, 8 and 8. They missed oh the playoffs next God. year. I can see LA. And Patrick oh, Mahomes take a God. huge foot backwards. How about Goff? Goff is a system quarterback. But they'll still that system will that still system steer them insane. to like That's nine or ten wins. Let's go so they'll the make teams the here. What are your Dolphins prediction? Miami Dolphins, they'll be bad, but they won't be like like bottom of the NFL bad. They'll probably win like five games with Fitz Magic. Like wait, they got Josh Rosen. Yeah, but Fitz Magic's been play, out playing him. Fitz Magic. Buffalo. Buffalo. Oh, Josh man. Allen. Leads them to the playoffs. No! I could actually At no, nine yeah, and no. seven. I have that. No, no. How about your uh, Jets? The Jets? <laughs> um, that's another team that's kind of overrated. We'll give them three wins. <laughs> three. With Le'Veon. Three and 13. Three. Le'Veon Bell, we'll call, he's, he's Le'Veon's just, overrated. He's, he's way overrated. You can't sit out a year and come back and be the same effect. Big Ben is going to absolutely tear it up this year, and you heard it here oh, first. Oh, no. Here's my prediction as far as Steelers go. 
12 and 4. Wow. How about Baltimore? Baltimore. Let's see. They got a running back as quarterback, so we'll give them six wins. Cleveland, 7 and 9. Cleveland, 7 and 9, yeah. And Bengals. 2 and 14. <laughs> the Bengals are going to no, be absolutely awful. <laughs> jump all the way out to Denver. Okay. All right, hit me with Denver. What will they do? Um, with the Flacconator. See, I don't think Joe Flacco has ever been good. No, like, he had a little never. run there. There'll be a usual Baltimore, <laughs> a usual um, Denver team. They'll be like 5 and 11 and have like the number one defense in the league. Dylan, what do you have Denver going? They've got a very good pass rush. Oh, Jesus. Here goes Dylan. They've got a very good pass rush. Okay. But they've got nothing outside of that. I think they win five games. Okay. Now let's go to the AFC South as we go to Indianapolis. Man, they got Andrew Locke, 9-7. and seven. The Titans. Uh, Titans are always 8-8, eight 9-7. Eight, yeah. yeah, give them like 7-9 and nine maybe. 8-8. Yeah. Eight and eight. The Texans. See, the Texans are an interesting team because I think that Deshaun Watson is a little bit overrated, but I don't think he's overrated to the point where he is going to, like, fail on him. And they have DeAndre Hopkins and Bill O'Brien, and they have a decent defense, so we'll put them at we'll put them at 10-6, and six, just and about. Jacksonville with Nick Foles. Uh, that has got just 6-10 and 10 screaming yeah. all over it. Nick Foles, Nick, there's a reason why yeah. he was cut two times there's before a reason the Eagles that he's left. Yeah. He's and the never last... been as good as a starter. No. It was just magic and a little bit of a system. Yeah. It's a flash in the pan. The last team from the AFC, the, the New England Patriots, <laughs> led, led by the GOAT. 11-5. and five. That's no, what that they usually are. 13-3. and three. Mark my words, this year Howard. there will be two teams coming out of the East. Really? Buffalo. Buffalo and New England. But New England will win the division, but Buffalo will steal one from the Patriots in Boston. Wow. Wow. Right at Foxborough, they'll steal a game. Yeah, Jack, I I don't, I don't know about that. You missed, uh, you missed a division, that, though. But now let's go to the NFC with Seattle. I know. I think you're going to go to the north. Um... I mean, Seattle special. doesn't really yeah. do much for me. Eight and eight. The Niners, Garoppolo. Um, Jimmy's gonna get hurt again at some point. Um, he he's gonna get hurt again, and uh, when that happens, their defense will carry him a little bit, but they'll carry him right to a six and ten record. The Rams. I don't know. I, I they got Nick Niners. Mullins, no Niners. I think they can make some noise this year. Six seed in the NFC. They're making the playoffs. Okay, who else you got? The Rams. Defending NFC champs. Ten wins. That system will carry him. Nah, Rams are going to win 12 games. That team and is so good. And now we go good. to... Cal- that team is so well, good. Obviously not good enough to score a touchdown. And now, in the Super Bowl. last team from the NFC West, Calamari and all the wide receivers for the Arizona Cardinals. Ca- Calamari? Like... Wait, who's Calamari? The Calamari. octopus. Oh. I thought you were talking what? about a... Like a food. Calamari. Wait, who's who's Calamari? Calamari. Oh, oh do, Kyler Murray. Or you could do Cal- I Calamari. You were saying Calamari. Calamari. <laughs> I don't know how um, Kyler Murray fits in that. 3 and 13. Yeah, they're not going to be. He's not allowed to go to Charlotte with the Panthers. Do they play in Charlotte? Yeah. Do they? Okay. That team is just average. 
Yeah. And Cam is going to... Cam's not good. He had a great 2015 you know season. That's about it. I'm going to say it. Two years from now, Cam Newton will not be in the NFL. Oh, I don't know about that, Jack. But Cam Newton is beyond repair at this point. No, let's move why, to why, why would they draft Will Greer and Bryce? Tell me that. Why would they draft Will Greer? Because they knew Cam was They knew Cam hurting. was just busted. Cam's done. Poof. They had their hand in chance Jameis and they Winston ruined him. in the box? Jameis Winston. Um, well, on the off chance half. that he's not shoving uh, crab legs down his throat, he might lead them to a 5-11 and record with Bruce Arians. Wow. And how about the team that everyone needs to look out for this year? The Atlanta Falcons. Well, Julio Jones came in weighing 282 pounds. Like, yeah, at 6'3", that Matt, is, Matt Ryan is Matt Ryan is a slightly less... He's slightly less of a quarterback than Matthew Stafford is, so... They lost Tevin Coleman. Devontae Freeman cannot stay healthy yeah. for an entire season, so we'll put them at 7-9, and nine, just about. And then what about the Saints? They'll be a solid 12-4. and four. And now we go to the NFC East with your New York football giants. Um, That's is this with Eli or Daniel? Either one. Who will be the starter? Uh, I think Daniel should be the starter, but They're Eli start will be the starter, yeah, yeah. and... They'll win maybe three games if they're lucky. And Washington with Dwayne D. H. Simba. First of all, well, we don't know if it's Dwayne Haskins. Yeah, it's Case Keenum right now. Yeah. But if Dwayne plays, I feel like he'll do well, but not well enough to get him to the playoffs. So probably like eight and eight. And Philadelphia. Philadelphia's got a good roster. Yeah, that's a good football Jim team. Jim Schwartz, Carson Wentz. Well, is it, a it all depends on Nate Sudfeld because <laughs> you you know that Carson Wentz is going to get hurt again. So, we'll put them at 9-7. and seven. And in Arlington with Jerry Jones up top. 0-16. Oh, Dallas <laughs> and Ezekiel and the boys. Dallas, well, you know there's going to be at least three people on that team that get uh, busted for domestic violence. Bryce, what was Dallas's record like three years in a row from like 2010 to like 2000, I think it was 13? 8-8. Eight 8-8. Eight. Eight eight. That is an interesting number and that's what they'll be this year. What do you have them going? I have them going thirteen and three. Oh, okay. Jesus Christ! Oh, One seed in the NFC. Oh my God! Only losses are two Who? in New England at New Orleans, and we will lose once to Philadelphia. Wow. So that concludes everything I had on the sheet, gentlemen. And we go we to the final NFC North. NFC North. We will start in Minnesota. Uh, Dylan, what do you have Minnesota going? They've got a really good roster. They just don't have a quarterback. So I mean, Kirk is the highest paid. One of the well, yeah, but paid. he's the highest paid. Actually, but that Kirk, Kirk isn't the highest three skill. anymore. Um, uh, I I feel like they're middle of the road, but like seven? yeah, maybe nine, nine and seven, seven, a little bit above middle. Then Chi Town is draft town. Five and eleven. No, no. Chicago is not good. I'm that telling team's you. That going twelve and four. Mm-hmm. I say five nope. and eleven as well. Mitch, what do you mean? Mitch is not good? a good quarterback. One, but it doesn't matter. Their coach is Matt Nagy is such a good coach. He can scheme up. No, anything. he isn't. Yes, he is. No, he isn't. And he lived off that defense, Green Bay. and that defense is going to start to fade. They're not good. Green that defense Bay. was the youngest in the NFL last year. They're going to start to fade, especially once All guys right. want to get paid. Green Bay with well, yeah, they were two or three years. Well, Dylan, 
Chicago, first of all, no presence on offense now that uh, Jordan Howard's gone. And don't give me that midget shit with Tariq <laughs> Cohen because he is not even that good. He's just a pass-catching back. Assuming that Mitch Trubisky can actually pass him the ball, he's got a noodle arm. Say it with me, Bryce. What does he have? A noodle arm. He does have a noodle arm. On defense, they got a couple guys, but some, some of those guys left, all right? And Who I left? think that as it – listen. I believe Khalil Chicago stay healthy this year. Who? Khalil. I don't think he will either. I'm telling you. Why do you think he's just not going to stay healthy? Some guys you can just kind of tell. He's had no injury history. Listen, Khalil Mack, something's almost too good there. I don't don't know if he's shooting roids up his buttocks in the bathroom or something else. But something ain't right. Yeah, 5-11 and tops for the Bears. They caught breaks the last couple years, but this year, Matthew's coming. Aaron Rodgers is coming. What about the Packers? There's already a power struggle between Matt LaFleur and Aaron Rodgers. That's exactly what I was going to say. Listen, Aaron Rodgers will put up his usual stats. And by the way, two of those wins, Bryce, against Chicago. No. Green Bay will clean sweep them. The other two can be against some whoever scummy teams. And all the Lions win the NFC North for the first time ever. Detroit Lions, 10-6. They will win the division. Matt Patricia has been building something. Everyone's been sleeping. What is Everyone's been sleeping now. Prediction? Assuming Carrion Johnson can stay healthy and Matthew Stafford doesn't have to carry the team with a broken back. What is your Super Bowl prediction? You're going to call me crazy, but I think Lions-Colts. Oh, my God. That's what it's been for the past eight years. Since fifth grade. No, I, I, I'm joking. It'll be, um, you know, I'll do Saints-Patriots. And Tom Brady will win again. Because that's right. what a GOAT does. Patriots in the AFC. Okay. You guys are going to scream, but the Bears are coming out of the NFC. If that's the case, I'm going to be watching that Super Bowl with a big old thing of guacamole in front of me while Tom Brady absolutely demolishes Nagy's defense and and Belichick just rips Trubisky apart because Trubisky is a sad excuse for an NFL quarterback. Defenses win championships. Chicago's got a very good one. They've got a disgusting defense. Oh, monsters of the midway defense. Okay, yeah, no, they they don't even compare to 85. Don't even <laughs> do that. And Bryce, do you have any finishing thoughts on anything you want to add on or talk about another subject? One thing to say before we go off here, and that is it is day 60 of Aquatic Warfare was robbed. Uh, tomorrow, 61, follow us on Instagram at Aquatic Warfare and Twitter at Aquatic Warfare. Okay, Dylan, do you have any closing thoughts, anything you want to add on to what we've been talking about the last, uh, you know, 30 minutes? I know it looks doom and gloom right now, but Detroit sports is in a very good state as it is. The Red Wings are on the up and up. The Lions are going to be good. Well, hopefully they're going to be good. We always say that. The Tigers will be back in five years. Pistons. Five years, that's uh, something. I don't know about the Pistons. They got Reggie Jackson off the... uh, table next year they got John Lure off the table next year they can have about 43 million in cap space next year they can sign someone to a max contract whom whom I don't know they can sign somebody hopefully the Pistons Oh yeah. Nobody yeah. wants to come to Detroit. Nobody wants to Nobody come to wants Detroit unless they come here. Unless they get people get traded here 
And they absolutely love it in Detroit. Okay, LeBron is not coming here, Bryce. We'll be lucky if Blake doesn't leave by next season. Which, you know what? You know what the Pistons should do? Trade away everybody and just tank and restart. That's what they should do. Only time is good to watch the NBA. Listen, Blake is like 32. All right, he's a dying superstar. He's just go, still I just go so good. Who do we have outside of that? Andre Drummond. Andre Drummond sucks. Andre Drummond is good. Yeah. Bryce is Andre Drummond good? If you can make, uh, I don't believe he is very good. No, he's not good. No, he's gotten so much better. He gets bullied by every big name in the no, league. No, he doesn't. He gets twenty. What happened when he faced time? Joel? When he faced Joel, he he did good against Joel. Oh my God, no! Joel lived in his head rent free. If the Pistons were smart, they would restart everything, get young talent that can actually score, and then that's what they would do. Blake is the only person we have, and Blake is not going to carry us to a championship like Kawhi carried Toronto. Luke Kennard's a good shooter. Luke Kennard is at best. Reggie he'll, he'll, Jackson, he'll never when be he's healthy, is very good. Luke, it, the Reggie Jackson, Blake Griffin, and Andre Drummond duo, when they were on the floor healthy together. Or trio. Sorry, my bad. They were a plus 10.1. When they're on the floor together. Reggie That blows. is very good. And all that came from Blake. I hope you realize that. Blake did everything, which is why we should trade him right now while his stock is high. Doesn't matter if he did everything. I'm just saying. that When that trio was on the floor, it's plus 10.1. Okay, well, it would be the same thing if you put you, me, and Bryce on the court with Blake, too. No, it wouldn't. Because they would just like quintuple them. Quintuple Blake. All right. Could leave us wide open. Well, with that, I think we have everything here. Um, Bryce, Dylan, thank you, boys, for coming out today for the first episode of the Snail Shell Podcast. Thank you for having us. Uh, thank you for showing up here. And uh, you know what? We'll be back next week. Um, completely new guests. I just want to thank everybody for um, for listening to this first episode. We went a little long, about 42-ish uh, minutes. And... Um, Aquatic Warfare was robbed. <laughs> 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 <laughs>